take a sip of water here. Well, thank you so much for that. That, that was just wonderful. Um, it's funny because uh, I get this text message and uh, Wally says, hey, uh, do you have any specific songs that you want to request? And I said, you know what? It doesn't matter to me as long as it's doctrinally correct. And as soon as I come in here, I hear them playing the guitar and they're playing House of the Rising Sun. And I'm like, what's going to happen here today, you know? But it was, I, I loved it. It was a wonderful rendition of uh, Amazing, <clears throat> excuse me, Amazing Grace. So thank you so much for that. Um, so I want to start with a, a preamble since uh, most of you have never heard me speak before. Um, my first language is French, so I sometimes mix up my words. Uh, for example, I'll say a raisins when I really mean grapes, okay? Uh, I'll say things like shut the lights instead of turn off the lights. See, some of you are looking at me like, what's the difference? There's a difference, trust me, okay? You don't say shut the lights, you say turn off the lights. Or do I have it the other way around? Um, also, when I speak, uh, sometimes I don't articulate very well. Sometimes I speak really fast, especially if I get a cup of coffee. I just will speak too fast. Uh, but more often than not, I speak loudly. Okay? Uh, in fact, uh, the librarian mentioned that to me the other day, which is really embarrassing because the library is about six blocks away from my house. So if I'm speaking loudly, I'm not mad at you. I'm just, that's just the way I am. I'm French-Canadian. I just speak loudly. Okay? Um, so finally, uh, what's of the utmost importance is that you study the Bible for yourself. Okay? First and foremost. Um, in Acts 17, Paul came to the Bereans and he proclaimed to them Jesus Christ. They had been looking for the Messiah. Paul came to them. And you know what they did? They went back. They listened to what he had to say. They went back and they studied it for themselves. So I want you to do like the Bereans. I want you to go back, take some notes, scripture references, and go back and test me on it. I'm the one being tested today. Okay? So that would be... See, you get this nice bulletin when you come in. On the back, it's just white blank. That would be the perfect spot to put it. In fact, uh, what I just mentioned here, that, uh, that uh, uh, Acts 17, that would be your first reference, actually. So if you want to put that down. Okay. Um, so write them on your bulletins, and that's going to be your first reference right there. Okay. With that being said, um, uh, my intention today is twofold. One, uh, if you're not a Christian, or maybe you're an almost Christian, uh, I'm hoping that what I say today, that God might be used it to help uh, connect the dots uh, in your life. Uh, secondly, if you are a Christian, I'm hoping that uh, maybe I can be an encouragement to you. Maybe to even challenge some of you. You'll notice that, uh, you know, uh, I have notes. It's not because I forgot how I got saved. It's because I have a tendency to go on rabbit trails. And I've been limited to... Uh, 30 minutes, even though I was 33 when I was saved, I'm going to compress it to 30 minutes just for you guys, okay? And for the sake of time, okay? So I'm reading notes just for, for today. It's not because of, uh, it's just for your benefit, trust me on that, okay? Um, like I said, I was 33 years old when I received the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Uh, but I believe also that my testimony should glorify Jesus Christ. It shouldn't glorify a past lifestyle of sin. I believe that um, I want to glorify God and all his attributes, not the sinfulness of man. 
So I just want to let you know that before we, I get going here. All right, so Romans 3, verses 24 to 26, this is what it says. It says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that, I, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. You know, there's a lot of scriptures I could take to just to start with my testimony, but I thought uh, how appropriate uh, this is. And you know, uh, I know it's it's a New Year's message, and I thought uh, it's it's a best way to start a New Year's message is with how about the new life that we have in Jesus Christ. So my message is primarily going to be my testimony, but I'm hoping, like I said, it's going to be a challenge uh, to most of you, if not all of you. About my life, I learned. Uh, a lot of historical facts about Jesus, uh, the Bible, both at, at home, at church, uh, and at school. I had the privilege of going to a school that uh, actually taught uh, things of the Bible. Most schools don't do that. Um, I heard all the stories in the Bible. I heard all the scriptures. And throughout my life, I had learned all the historical facts about Jesus and the Bible. And uh, like many, my understanding was that if I knew and if I believed uh, the history and the faith of Christianity, that that was my, my ticket. That was my, my way to get to heaven. And I believed uh, that my, my ticket was stamped for entry based on the fact that I had a, a history knowledge and a knowledge of Jesus and the Bible. I believed that my redemption was in Jesus Christ. I uh, and that all that believed in, in Jesus were justified. I believed that. I've never had a problem believing in the tenets of the faith, if you will. Um, I believe that in God. I believe that he was the creator of heaven and earth. I believed in Jesus, his only son. I believed he was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. I believed he suffered under Pontius Pilate. I mean, this all sounds familiar to everyone, I'm sure. I believed he was crucified, that he died, and that he was buried. I believe that he rose again after being buried for three days. I believe that he ascended to heaven and he's seated at the right hand of God the Father. And I believe that he's going to come back to judge both the living and the dead. And I believe that from the time that I was a young child. And while I was growing up, I tried my best to do good because I, I really wanted to please God. And yet there came a point in time when, as a teenager, I found that there was pleasure to be found in sin. Hebrews 11.25 speaks about the pleasures of sin for a season. But what you also have to understand is that I was generally a pretty nice guy. I mean, it's not like I was a drug dealer or a murderer. I was generally a nice guy. I was the typical one. Uh, I could get along with pretty much anyone. And, uh, you know, when people would... Uh, when there would be a hostile situation, whether it was at, at school or at work, I would be the guy to go and defuse the situation, get everybody to get along. You know, I wasn't the scrapper. I could empathize with people. I would often help those that needed help, whether it was uh, emotional, uh, physical, financial help. I would be the guy to go out and help them. 
And I also had a tremendous respect for the Bible, for the church, and for all those things that accompany it. So overall, I was doing pretty good. I mean, especially if I compare myself to, say, to Hitler or Saddam Hussein, I was doing really good. You know, because even though I might fall short on certain things, like, say, Romans 3.23, at least I wasn't, you know, a murderer. And besides, what's a few little sins in the grand scheme of things? What's a few little sins, right? I mean, you know, things that don't really harm other people, things like, I you know, um, lust, using God's name as a cuss word, lying. You know, at this point, I had obviously not read Revelation 21.8. So these things, to me, is like, you know, justifiable. Because I always compared myself to other people. You know, but... I, like my, I think myself, like as well as many other people, uh, had what I call a, uh, a Star Wars type of theology, whereas uh, I believe that the devil was almost as powerful as God. I believe that there's this constant struggle between good and evil, but eventually God will get the upper hand because, you know what, the good guy always wins. That was my idea of what was going on in spiritual things. And likewise, I felt that my struggles, yes, they were constant, my sinful struggles were constant, but I figured that in the end, you know what, I'll get the upper hand, and God's going to be well pleased with what I've done, with my efforts also. So now about ten years ago, there came a point when I decided, you know what, it might be time to start doing a better job of trying to please God. So, especially now I had a family, and I thought, you know, what better time than now to start maybe going to church more regularly. And so we started church shopping. And this we were down south. And uh, we, you know, we weren't looking for a certain church format, a particular denomination. We weren't looking for what kind of programs they offered. I ultimately was looking for a church that actually believed the Bible. And what surprised me is how many churches believe that the Bible is either uh, incomplete incorrect, or that you need other books to clarify what the Bible is trying to tell you. There's, you'd be surprised at how many churches actually are like that. And I thought to myself, you know what, since I'm a Christian, I can't be taking my family to a church that doesn't believe the Bible. I mean, I need a, to go to a church that actually believes the infallible word of God. So Sunday after Sunday, we'd go visit one church, go visit another church. And during the week, I would listen to Christian radio because that's what Christians do. You go find a good church, and, if you, and in between that, you're going to listen to your Christian radio because you've got to fill yourself up during the week. And then one day, someone showed up at our door to invite us out to a church service. And at this point, I'm on the road because I started driving a semi-truck, of all things, not just motorcycles. <laughs> and uh, I began driving the semi-truck, and then Sarah tells me how she had been asking them some questions, and sure enough, it came out that she said that, you know what, it sounds like they're really solid, so... That following Sunday, we attended there. And you know what? The craziest thing. These crazy people, they actually believed the Bible. It was insane. These people would read the Bible like it was real. And when they would preach, they didn't apologize for what it said because it wasn't them saying it. They were just saying it the way it was. So I was very excited. Finally, I find this church that's unapologetic about God's word. The place was alive. Um, the people were excited about going to church. And not because they were getting something out of it. They, they weren't there for uh, 
uh, for what they were going to get out of it. It wasn't a, well, I better get something out of this today or, uh, you know, they better do something that's good for me. You know, they, that wasn't their attitude at all. Uh, they were going there just to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were going there with a, the body of believers. That was it. So now I'm happy. I'm a Christian man with his Christian wife going to a Christian church. Couldn't be better. About a month later, I'm driving my semi-truck down to Birmingham, Alabama. Well, actually, i got to say that. If you say Birmingham, you got to say it with an accent, right? I'm going down to Birmingham, Alabama. Okay? On uh, Interstate 65. And I'm listening to satellite radio. And as I'm going through the selections, I came across a program called Way of the Master Radio with Kirk Cameron. And I'm thinking, Kirk Cameron? I'm, I'm from the 80s. So when I was growing up in the 80s, I would watch the show Growing Pains, and Kirk Cameron was the smarty-pants character, Mike Seaver. So I thought, I wonder what this guy's up to now. So I'm tuning it in, and I'm intrigued by what this guy's going to be up to. So as I'm tuning it in, I hear this voice on the radio, but it didn't sound like Kirk. So I'm trying, I'm squeaking my ear, and but as I'm trying to listen to, the, to Kirk's voice, which it wasn't, the guy's talking about certain things, and it's blowing my mind, because I had never heard somebody talk like this before. And he also then introduces a clip. And the clip was of a man called Ray Comfort. And he was preaching open air in New York, of all places, New York. And he's right in the middle of Times Square. I mean, and he's doing open air preaching. And when he's, he's not doing a formal service. I mean, there's people going to work, walking back and forth. And he's standing there in Times Square doing open air preaching. And then the guy on the radio is describing what's happening because all of a sudden he's standing on a crate so he can elevate himself so he could, the people behind him could hear him. And the police walk by and they tell him, you can't stand on a, on a man-made object like that, you're on a crate. He says, oh, I have a permit to do open-air preaching. They say, oh, that's fine, but you can't stand on a crate. You can do it while you're down. And if you've ever seen him, he's, he's shorter than I am. I'm short, but he's shorter than I am. So only the people in front would hear him, nobody else would hear him. So two of the men that he's with decided, you know what? They got out on all fours, right on the middle of the sidewalk. And if you ever looked at a sidewalk, it's pretty scuzzy. You got spit, gum, all kinds of stuff. These guys didn't think about it. Got on all fours, told Ray, get on our backs. We're not a man-made object, we're men, right? So he got on their backs, and he started, and he continued to preach. Now, I'm listening to this on the radio. And then he addresses the crowd again, and he, he says to this one man, he says, are, do you think you're a good person? He says, do you want to make 20 bucks? And the guy says, yeah, of course. So he says, okay, I'm going to ask you four questions. He says, are you ready? The guy's like, oh, yeah. He's thinking, I'm going to make an easy 20 bucks. He says, have you ever told a lie? And the guy's like, well, yeah. He goes, so what does that make you? He says, a liar. And he goes, yes, exactly. He goes, have you ever stolen something? The man replies, yes. He goes, so what does that make you? The guy says, obviously he didn't want to, but he says, a thief? He goes, and then he addresses the crowd, he says, folks, he says, when you look at these commandments, we're all guilty. So he's not just talking to the man, he's making the man admit it, but he's addressing everybody, he says, we're all guilty. Who hasn't lied? Who hasn't stolen? We've all lied or stolen. Jesus, this is what he said next, he goes, Jesus said, whosoever looks upon a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. He says, have you ever looked with lust? And the man said, yeah. He said, God sees your thought life. Nothing is hidden from the eyes of God. 
And one day you're going to have to give an account to God. That's a frightening thought. He said, God is righteous and will punish all murderers. And I'm thinking, I'm good. I'm not a murderer. But he's also going to punish thieves and liars and blasphemers and fornicators. And if you've ever done those things, you've sinned against God and against your own conscience. He says, and then there's going to be a day when you stand before God and give an account of every idle word that you've spoken. Then he pauses for a while. You've got to steep in that for a while. And he says, but God is not willing that anyone should perish. He sent his son, born of a virgin, a perfect sinless man to die for your sins. He said, did you see the movie, The Passion of the Christ? He said, that is a depiction of what God did for you. A suffering Messiah. A Savior. One that would take away the punishment and take it upon himself just so that you can go free. He said, you and I, we broke God's law. But Jesus paid the fine in his own life's blood. And that means God can acquit you from that courtroom on the day of judgment. So it's a legal transaction. Then he rose from the dead and defeated death. What you must do is repent and trust in the Savior. He said, don't just confess your sins to God. See, I used to confess my sins to God all the time. But here's what he said, confess and forsake them. I was like, how can I even do that? And don't just believe in Jesus. Trust in him with all your heart like you would trust a parachute. I was like, now I get it. If I'm going to jump out of a plane, I better have it strapped to my back and I better believe in that parachute. God, God says, if you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. That's Deuteronomy 4.29. I don't know about you, but I had never heard anything like that before. That was the first time somebody had described it like that to me. I mean, then the guy on the radio said, now don't forget we have this little rule here at Way of the Master Radio. If uh, for some reason you, you stumbled across our, our channel and you, and you want to ask a question, uh, for whatever reason, you're not a Christian, you're a Christian, you're maybe Christian, he goes, we'll drop whatever we're doing in order to talk to you. And I'm thinking, you know what, this would be a perfect time. I'm driving a Mack truck down the freeway here. I'm thinking, this would be a perfect time to have a phone because i got some questions I'd like to ask this guy. And within about two seconds, a lady calls in. And she said, how do I surrender? How do you know what to do? And I'm driving, I'm like, that's exactly what I would ask. Man, I need to know this answer. What, what do I do? She said, you know what? I've already been baptized. But if I were to die today, I would probably end up in hell. And I don't want that. She goes, so I really need to know, how do I surrender? She was in fact, I really need to know. So the radio guy then says, you know what? Well, that's the biggest question, isn't it? Think of it. Of all the questions you could think of, that's the big question. He said, let me explain it to you. It sounds simple, but it's really hard. He said, here's the formula. You hold up the mirror of God's law to your face, those Ten Commandments, and look at them deeply for a long time. You need to think about your thought life, your deeds, your actions, your lack of love for the lost, 
your lack of love for God, your lack of gratitude towards God. Think of the times you you fail to thank Him, to praise Him, to honor Him with your life and with your actions and with your money and with your words, with your thoughts and with your mouth. You need to think of the times that you rebelled against your parents, not doing what you were told. The times you lied or told half-truths. Things you desired that you didn't need, but just wanted them because you desired the things of the world. Every lustful thought God sees as adultery. Being angry at somebody, God sees us as a murderer at heart. That's where he got me. See, I used to justify myself. At least I'm not a murderer. Wow. God sees me as a murderer. Just because I've been angry at somebody? And it should horrify us at what we see in the mirror. If I'm looking at that mirror, it should horrify me. And just as you reach the point that it horrifies you, then you need to look to the cross where God died to save you. Look at what he did for you. Look at how he was beaten for you. He had his beard pulled from his face for you. He was whipped for you. He had his hands pinned to a tree for you. To demonstrate his love for you. And let it just break your heart. Don't flee to the Savior because you're afraid of hell. Flee to him because he was so kind to save you from hell. And here's something that might help you understand. He said, God is huge. I mean, he's bigger than the universe. He measures the universe with the span of his hand. You'll find that in Isaiah 40.12. His guns are aimed right at you. His wrath is going to be poured out on everyone that dies in their sins. See, I was used to hearing easy messages. And this time, this was the first time I heard a message like this. And that huge God is going to have his day in court. And when he gets his hands on sinners, it's going to be a fearful day. That huge God, instead of giving you what you deserve, he poured out his wrath on his own son for you. He demonstrated a kindness that the world had never, ever seen before. So again, what you need to focus on is what you deserve and then what God has done for you anyway. And it's the combination of those two things that are going to kill you. I mean, they're going to bring you humbly before him. And then you're going to cry out, God, I am done with me. Have mercy on me. Forgive me. I put my trust in the Savior. Please make me the person that you want me to be because I can't do any of it. Lord, forgive me. Make me your child. Give me your Holy Spirit. 
so that I can do the things that are pleasing to you. And when the radio guy said this, I was just speechless. I'm in a truck. I even talk to myself. I talk so much. But I'm in the truck and I'm speechless at what he had said. I had never heard anyone describe it like this before. See, I had a head knowledge about God, about Jesus, about the plan of salvation. I mean, I recited the sinner's prayer several times. But I had never heard it put this way before. I had never physically done what this guy had done or said to do. I may have thought it, but I had never physically done it. Romans 10.10 says that with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Not with the thought, confession is made unto salvation. So now remember, I'm driving down Interstate 65, listening to this when all of a sudden it hits me. I'm thinking, if I've never done this, that means I'm not a Christian. I'm an almost Christian, which is really just, you're not a Christian. You can't be an almost Christian. And suddenly the fear of dying hit me because now I knew where I was going to end up. See, I used to think that the Ten Commandments was something that I was supposed to try to keep, you know, to please God. And I thought that that's what it was. As long as I have more good than I do have bad, then I'm good to go. Because I know about Jesus, I know about God. But here, he explained it the way the Bible means is that you can't keep the commandments. That's the whole point. You can't keep it. And that should make you say to God, I can't keep your commandments, God. I need you. And it took somebody to explain it to me. So that's why I'm hoping that my testimony today might help you connect the dots. So do you know how difficult it is to find a parking space, a parking space for a semi-truck on the side of a freeway? I'm going to tell you, it's not going to happen. Not at all. But you know what? God's timing, though, it's always perfect. Because as I'm driving down the freeway, uh, and I got the, the fear of the Lord on me now. It's got me in a grip. And I'm driving down the freeway, and then I look in the distance, and I see a driver rest area. And lo and behold, it has some specific spots for semi-trucks. So I go and find the first available spot. I climb in the back of that sleeper cab, and I get on my face before God, and I do exactly what that guy on the radio said. Exactly. I didn't just make a commitment that day. I surrendered to God. You know, surrender can be partial. You can't have a partial surrender. It has to be complete. So in this new year, when people are, you know, making, uh, you know, New Year's resolutions, I haven't made a resolution in about 10 years, so I don't have anything to give you advice on resolutions. Okay? I can't make a commitment to something. Okay? But this was the first time that I realized that as good as I thought as I, that I was, I wasn't really that good at all. And I wasn't really on God's uh, team, actually. See, I thought I was on God's team, but I wasn't on God's team at all. I wasn't even going in his general direction, to be honest. I was on the opposing side. And then it struck me that, you know what? We're all born on the opposing side. Every single one of us. Even if your parents are Christians, you're still born on the opposing side. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 again. 
You know, God had these ten cannons now pointing right at me. And the same ten cannons are pointed at everyone. And he wasn't looking for me to make a commitment that day. He had one requirement. That was it. He needed me to surrender. And then once I surrendered, God, he took me out of the darkness and he put me into the light. He brought me out of death and he gave me eternal life. I was on my way to hell, but now heaven was definitely my home. Now I can say I'm a child of the Most High God. And I don't know, but I felt about a thousand pounds lighter after that. Because all this burden that was on me, it was gone. There's no more burden. I don't know, maybe uh, you're here today, uh, you're not a Christian. Uh, Maybe you're an almost Christian. If that's the case, I don't want you to just think about what I said today. Because I used to be the guy sitting in the pews, or in this case, the chairs, listening to it, not actually applying it. Thinking it, I absolutely had the head knowledge. But there is a difference. You've heard the statistic. It's 12 inches or 18 inches, depending how tall you are, between heaven and hell. Head knowledge and heart knowledge. You need to physically deal with it today. Because that's the difference between life and death. And you know, since we have no guarantee of tomorrow, there's no better time like the present. One statistic I find is pretty precise. Most statistics aren't precise. 90% of all statistics are incorrect. How about that? But about 150,000 people die every day. That's an alarming statistic. Okay? And most of them didn't realize they were going to die that day. So don't hesitate. You have to do this today. Secondly, if you're already a Christian, this is the New Year's message part. It's going to be about two minutes. If you're already a Christian and you feel that you've lost some of your zeal, uh, maybe your walk with the Lord is not quite what it used to be. Maybe you want revival. For you, And for me, the method is the same. It's not different. You need to completely surrender to God. I'm going to ask the uh, musicians to come up as we pray. And uh, for this new year, instead of making a commitment to Jesus, let's not think of it as a commitment. Let's surrender ourselves to him. Romans 12, 1 says, Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And I think in light of what Jesus has done for us, I think it's quite reasonable. Let me pray. Father, Lord, thank you for your love and kindness towards us. Thank you, Father, for providing the Lord Jesus Christ as the only way of salvation. Thank you for giving us, Lord, what we don't deserve, which is the forgiveness of sins. Father, thank you for giving those that have placed their faith in Jesus a home with you for eternity. Lord, thank you for working in us. And Father, Help us to apply this message to our hearts and our minds for the glory of Jesus. Amen.
just uh, as this last song is playing here, I want uh, just uh, maybe think about just stay seated, but maybe you think by closing your eyes and just remember what that guy on the radio said. Okay, as they're playing, I want you to think about what you deserve. Even if you're already a Christian, think of what you would have deserved. Or you still deserve it. It's just God has, has purchased you. And think about what God has done for you anyway. Remember what he said. He said, it's a combination of those two things that will bring you humbly before him to cry out and say, God, I am done with me and my stubbornness. I have, please have mercy on me. Forgive me. I put my trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior. Please make me the person that you want me to be. Because I can't do it on my own. Forgive me. Make me your child. Give me your Holy Spirit so that I can do the things that are pleasing to you. Amen. for this time together as we've been reminded again we are starting into a new year. But oh Lord... May each one of us start into this new year with the new life of your Son, the Lord Jesus. God with us, the God who is in heaven, is also in earth. We are your and may we, your people, hear grace. And the grace of the Lord. Christ be with you all in the name of him who loved us and gave himself. In his name. Amen.